Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel, and today I talked with Brandon Leibowitz from SEO Optimizers about, you guessed it, SEO. If you are a business owner and mystified about what it takes to get your site on the first page of Google for those specific keywords that matter to your business, this is the episode for you. Listener, before we talk to Brandon, I just want to let you know about Market Appeal's white label ebooks. These are, they are crafted for professionals, experts, and businesses who need a book, but don't have the time to write and design it. If you need a little ebook for a giveaway or to build your email list, perhaps you want a book that you can sell on an ebook store. This option may be the perfect option for you. Our personalized package enables you to have a book with your name, branding, and your story. And all we ask is for an hour of your time. So if you purchase the white label ebook and add the personalization package, take an hour to talk with me, Shannon Peel, and you will have a 56 page ebook that you can utilize as a giveaway, a freebie in exchange for an email address or upload it to your favorite ebook store like amazon.com and sell your book to become a published author. If you want more information, drop by marketappeal.com and click on the white label ebooks. Now back to Brand Appeal and my conversation with Brandon Leibowitz about SEO. So Brandon, thank you very much for joining me here today on Brand Appeal. I have one question for you. What is it that you want to be known for? For helping people out, for giving back and trying to help businesses grow and tap in that free traffic from Google using search engine optimization. Search engine optimization, Brandon, you are my friend. It's a way to get that free traffic. Avoid those paid ads if possible. Yes, I spend every day working on SEO, trying to... Do the things that Moz and ARAG Trefs tell me that I need to do to fix my website and going out and getting those backlinks and creating content to drive traffic to my site. Is there a secret to SEO? Because it seems to be very time consuming. <laughs> no, there's not one secret. It is a little time consuming, but you put the time in and then you get rewarded with the results, but it does take time. It's not immediate, unfortunately. So it does take about six months to kind of take effect, depending on the competition of your keywords. It could take longer, sometimes it'll be shorter, but it does take time. It's more of that just long-term play where you do it and build that foundation. And over time, you just watch it slowly grow and grow and grow. Yeah. I've got keywords that are not highly searched. So competition's lower, which is great, but the search level isn't at a thousand a month. You know, we're talking less than a hundred a month. When they're doing keyword research, should they be concerned about how many searches for that keyword, or should they be looking at the number and saying, okay, well, how much competition is there? Yes, there's less searches, but I have a better chance of getting to number one. Which strategy is best? It depends on the size of your business. If you're a small or a new business, then you probably want to go for the lower search volume keywords. If you're a bigger company, you can go for the higher search volume ones. If you're a small company trying to go for those high search volume ones, you can do it. It's just, those are going to be very competitive and it's going to just take a lot more time to get there. But over time, you want to go for those bigger ones. But Initially, you want to start with like the shorter or more long tail keywords. Mm-hmm. And long tail keywords are keywords are two or more words. The longer the word or the more words in there, the less people that are going to be searching for it, but the more intent behind that search. Like if someone's just searching for like women's shoes, can mean a ton of different things. Okay. Whereas someone's searching for like red, high heel, women's size seven shoes, they know exactly what they're looking for. Not many people are going to be searching for that, but the people searching for that, they're ready to make a purchase for the most part. They're, they know what they're looking for. They're not just browsing around 
looking at different styles of shoes and things like that. So less competition. I mean, less search volume doesn't always mean it's worse because ultimately we want sales. So we want intent-based keywords. Well, let's go with an intent because a search engine or content marketing funnel is really only th three levels, top, middle, bottom. What kind of articles should we be writing in our brand storytelling for, on our websites? Articles for your blog would just be more informational, just trying to lead people in. So I would just go into Google, search for your keywords. And in Google, there's this area that's called people also ask. Those are all high search volume phrases that you could take those make those into blog posts because these all get a lot of searches every single month. And if you write a blog post about it, then that's hopefully going to make you the most relevant result and lead that traffic into your page. But when you're doing page content, like for your pages, your services, then you want to write more informational, more salesy kind of content where you're talking about the different products or services that you're offering. And then maybe putting some reviews in there, testimonials, things like that, some social proof to build that trust up with the person because getting people to your website is just half an hour because once you get people to your website, Gotta get those people to convert. Just like you gotta get Google to trust you, you gotta get people to trust you. And social proof, testimonials, reviews, all helps out a lot on the service pages. Yes, definitely. Because once again, what you're talking about is the difference between, hey, I'm looking for information. I'm just looking for the definition of this word to, uh, I'm actually really interested in this topic and I wanna really know a lot more about it. And this brand seems to be an authority to, I wanna make a purchase or I wanna convert. And that determines what copy you write on your website and where. But there's other things that people are talking about in the social media world, things like skyscraping, which I don't understand. What is skyscraping? For SEO link building, that was just a way to build backlinks by writing a good article and just writing a really long article. But I mean, there's a million different ways to build backlinks. It just depends on how you're going about it. It's really just trying to get other websites to talk about you. That's the main thing with SEO is getting backlinks, getting other clickable links from other websites that point to yours, whether it's writing articles, doing press releases, blogging, writing a skyscraper article, doing podcasting, doing videos, doing whatever it may be to get other websites to talk about you, sponsorships, whatever it may be. But that's really the ultimate goal of SEO is trying to get other websites to talk about you. And the best, safest way is really by writing content. And skyscraper is just another way to just write really long form content. So skyscraper just means that it's a ton of is it just one real long, long blog post on one thing or is it like different chapters of a topic? Because I've seen different things. Yeah, it's whatever you want it to be. Some guy just labeled it skyscraper, but there's no real skyscraper technique. It's just someone labeled it because you realize you teach courses and you label it with the one word or something catchy like that. It hooks people, gets people to remember it and then share their course and gets people ah. to course, which is very smart marketing by Brian Dean. Which... So is that, so is a skyscraper basically the same thing as a pillar? Or I mean, writing a really long blog post on your website and then reaching out to other websites and saying like, hey, check out my blog post. I wrote the best blog post, the ultimate guide to whatever it may be. Yeah, um, I have a few I, of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this going, wow, that's just a lot of information. I wouldn't scroll through it all. I wouldn't want to consume all of that. And it makes it harder to say, okay, well, I'm talking about how or what is brand storytelling? Story, why do you want to do brand storytelling? And you could, the five W's and the how. Uh, by the time you're done, you've got this big long thing that's a book created this because that's you know i read it and going through the thing went, wow does anybody even read all of this or am i just doing this for google probably more for google that's why you may put a video at the top people yeah. watch the video but people aren't gonna read i mean some people will but most people are probably not gonna read a thousand two thousand five thousand words of text some people will but majority of people nowadays attention spans are so short it's gonna be tough well let's talk about that extension span because but i don't think our attention span is really shorter i think that we're just very good at dismissing content or dismissing things that we don't find interesting in the moment and not second guessing ourselves. 
We don't give things a chance. Yeah, there's too much content out there. So there's just so have much out there. Get that 10 more websites on that first page of Google if you're not finding what you're looking for and just keep on going through and scrolling through and swipe in and it's infinite. Yeah, it's, it's like being on Tinder. Okay, well, that date wasn't perfect. So let me try to find the perfect one. Nobody gives anyone a chance anymore. Nobody gives content really a chance anymore. Nobody is willing to go through the slower parts of the story. So you want to speed up the story and you're trying to speed up your content pacing. Like you mentioned that you put video at the top. How important is video compared to an article? Like is video that important? It's not important for SEO. I mean, it's good to do, but for people, people would rather watch a video than read a long article on your website. So to convert people into clients or leads, sales, probably having a video at the top of your page is going to be a lot better than just having big block of text or bullet points. Even that might be too much for people nowadays on mobile. So just making it simple, less is better, but having the content still there just below the video because got to have the content for Google to get the rankings. And then once you get people to your website, you want to make sure that website's optimized to convert those people and having a video or a value proposition or just less is usually better at the top instead of just having a bunch of text, which can be a little overwhelming to people. Because you're walking a fine line between creating something that people will want to engage with and creating something that Google will find of value. It's two different styles. Um, you can't be as cutesy with head with your headings, you know, because you got to use those keywords. How do you make sure that what you are producing is in, of interest to someone that lands there? Got to put yourself in the user's point of view and think if you were searching for this product or service, what would you be expecting or looking for? And try to write for that. Try not to just put keywords all over the page just to put keywords, but try to write more for people nowadays, not just for search engines. That is such a big difference. I know like when, uh, in 2005, when I started looking at SEO and learning it, keyword stuffing was a thing, you know? But now keyword stuffing is bad, like really bad. Not anymore. And Google changes pretty much every single day. So they're just looking for people that are spamming them and trying to clean up that spam for the most part. So anyone that's trying to trick Google, Google's probably seen all those tricks over the years. And if they catch you doing anything deceptive or deceitful, they're start ranking you higher, it's going to drop you down in rankings. I know I'm in the middle of trying to figure out what to do. And I'm, because let me put it this way. I'm a brand storyteller. I am not an escort and I'm not a call girl, but there are literally thousands of sites out there that say that I am because somebody put a profile on my website, wrote, wrote a thing on my form, on the forum, put my website, those links into a big list of other websites that they had done it on and then went and made posts everywhere with backlinking to my, to those two pages. And it's driving me nuts because I've got rid of the pages, but every day it's a hundred backlinks back to my website saying that I'm an escort or a call girl. And it's frustrating. What can people do when they find that they're at the mercy of someone else? Luckily, Google has a disavow. You could tell Google, hey, block all these pages. Don't count them because someone's doing what you're saying, doing like a negative SEO campaign where anyone can just go to anyone's website and build a bunch of backlinks and point them to anyone's website and make them from low quality sites like pornography or pharmaceutical sites like that and try to get you penalized. Luckily, Google kind of knows. So they're going to see all these influx of Sites that are just random, probably going to skip them, but you can go to the Google disavow tool and submit all those URLs, block all them and say, we're not counting any of these. Yeah, it's funny because most of these sites are 30 and above. Some of them are even in the 90s. But you and, still want to block those URLs. Oh, no, I do want to block them. Trust me, I have, I went and I 301 it to a 404 because it wasn't really eliminating on the profile and the, the link wasn't really going away. And I've got a whole list of things to go to Google for the disavow, but it's like every day. Every day, I'm adding more and more and more to this um, list that I'm sending to Google. It is important to make sure that you are following the rules. But when Google's changing the rules every single day, how can you keep up? Yeah, you just got to keep trying to read up on different blogs and forums and websites and test and see what's working, what's not working. But 
every once in a while they have some big ones like they might say like all right if you're not mobile friendly we're not gonna show you mobile devices or if you're a slow loading website we're gonna penalize you other than that they don't really tell you what they're doing anymore just cleaning up spam or duplicate content or low quality backlinks or anyone that's just found loopholes and ways to game the system but as long as you're not doing anything like that you don't really have to worry too much about those algorithm updates but again, you never really know google never tells you what's really going on behind the scenes well that's just it because i've asked this question on the google search console about okay what do i do i mean this is i don't have the time to be creating this disavow list every single day and all google does is put it on a forum for people like you to answer and google never really answers these questions directly why don't they answer their questions directly probably because they don't know the answers either it's all machine learning ai now so even they don't know and everyone's compartmentalized that works on the algorithm so there's probably 20 different departments that work on the algorithm. Each department is completely separate. They never talk to one another. So no one really knows how it all works. That is interesting. That is interesting to know. So the specialists on this thing aren't actually working at Google. There are people like yourself who are testing it and figuring it out from being a user. Usually, yeah, Google wants you to spend money on ads. They're not going to help you out with SEO. They don't want to help you out with SEO. They know that they have to have SEO because if their page is just full of ads, you're no, not going to use, use Google. You're going to go to... Bing or DuckDuckGo or some of these other search engines, but they have to have that balance. Which search engine is your favorite? I use Google because that's where all my clients are on. And I got to make sure that I look at Google and see how Google works. Now, when you look at his, the history of search engines, because we started with what, Netscape? But they had the majority and then uh, Internet Explorer had the majority and now Google has a majority. Do you think somebody else is going to come in and knock Google off? Or do you think Google is it for this and forever? I'm not sure. There might be someone new in the future. We'll have to see. But for now, Google just dominates everything. So got to make Google happy for now. But so there's not off. there's not anyone else in the market that's that's looking like they're positioning or that they're growing or that's interesting because uh, yeah they did take over and they're so far ahead um, and it would be so expensive for a competitor to come in make any inroads because when you think about Bing, I mean I do a search on Bing. It's very different than my search on Google. And your search on DuckDuckGo is very different as well. Why do people, like, I mean, DuckDuckGo, why do people go to these different obscure search engines? Usually they get tricked into it. So if you have a some device, sometimes your phone will just automatically go to Bing or Yahoo when you're searching, or people want privacy, so they go to DuckDuckGo. But usually people don't realize they're not on Google and just search. It's really interesting to watch that mm -hmm. uh, industry evolve. You know, AI and machine learning is a reality now because I remember when it was the future. Oh, AI, machine learning, it seemed like something that would be way after I was, you know, put in the ground, but it came out faster than I ever thought possible. Is Web 3.0 going to change the way that people search? I think Web 3.0 is more like crypto and NFTs. I don't know if that's going to affect how people search, but I think that affects encryption possibly. Yeah, no, it should be it should be interesting to see what happens in the metaverse and things like that and how Google is going to position itself because, you know, Facebook's already established how they want to position themselves. Microsoft has established how it wants to position itself in the uh, metaverse. It should be interesting to hear what Google comes up with in the future. Now, but I want to go back to your personal, uh, your personal journey with SEO and why you chose SEO as what you as the channel that you wanted to become an expert in. I just kind of fell into it. wasn't really planning on it. After I graduated from college, the first job I got was doing digital marketing and helping out a company with their SEO and social media and doing paid ads and helping out with email marketing. And just realized back then that everyone's probably going to have a website in the future and SEO is a way to get free traffic. So just really focused on that. And that was back in 2007. And ever since then, just been working at different advertising agencies and helping out companies do their SEO and also 
realized I could do it freelance. So I could pick up clients here and there and work to build my own freelance or build my own business up. So that was also what appealed me to it, but just kind of fell into it. Wasn't planning on it at all. What, like when it comes to SEO, which part are you more into? Are you more the technical SEO or are you on page, off page? No, you got to do it all. You can't just focus on one aspect because SEO is like a puzzle. You got to put all the pieces together. If you just work on one aspect of it, you'll get some traction, but it's not going to really move the needle. You got to really do it all. So you got to work on the on-page SEO, the off-page SEO, got to work on the technical, the really got to do it all because it's like a puzzle. You want to put all those pieces together to really maximize those rankings. Yeah, it's about yeah, and trying to figure out what that big digital footprint looks like and how you want traffic to go from one platform to the next in order to get onto your site and convert. When you start, like let's say a company comes in and says, okay, I need to do SEO. I need a website. I need to do all this. What kind of strategy do you start with? Do you strategize to figure out where they need to be and how you're going to build out those channels of traffic? Or is, do you just have a process that you go through? It's not really a one size fits all. So got to look at each website individually and look at what they're doing, what they have done in the past and look at the competitors and see where the disconnect is, what the competition is doing versus them. Because with SEO, it's not really a one size fits all. It's And we're not trying to be Google either. We're just trying to figure out who's on that first page of Google, how much SEO have they done and how can we do a better job of it? Because if we're trying to be Google, Google changes every single day. So it's going to be really frustrating. But if we're just trying to see who's on that first page of Google and how much SEO they've done, that's going to make it a little bit more manageable. So it's really evaluating their competitors versus them and trying to just figure out what's working and what's not working and how to incorporate what's working onto their websites. A lot of websites are beginning to look like their competition's websites. And they're not really, because like you said, you, you're looking at the competition's website and you're trying to do a better job than what they did. But at the same time, you need to utilize the same keywords and the same messaging in order for Google to say, oh, this is this, these two sites are similar. How can you make your sites stand out and your branding stand out so that when people come, they, they see a different voice, they see a different brand, even than their competitor? No, the branding is definitely something that they need to figure out how to differentiate themselves, have a value proposition, offer something different, differentiate themselves, not offering the same thing or writing about the same thing, but just trying to figure out what unique selling points they have, what differentiates them versus their competitors and trying to mention that and write about that as much as possible and mention that. So it doesn't just blend in and become the same thing that everyone else is writing about, convert that traffic into, but it all works together. So is that with copywriting and blog posting or is that our content creation or is there something different that you're doing with, with conversion? Oh, moving things around, testing things, saying if we should have, if you're an e-commerce website, should we have it's the button say add to cart or buy now? which one's going to work better or what color works better for the add to cart button or should we move the phone number up a little bit or should we remove these fields from the form? Do we really need them there? Because less is going to be better. Should we have an exit intent pop-up that tries to capture people's email addresses to get them into your email list or whatever it may be, but trying to just figure out that overall strategy, not just the content, but really the overall layout, look and feel of the website or the landing page after on. When you're trying to test what where the button's supposed to be and what button color is and uh, what pop-up you're going to have where. You want the client experience to be different on your site than on someone else's site. So how do you make sure that you're doing the, you're, you're choosing the option that is going to have the greatest return on investment, but at the same time, not being like every other site that's utilizing the same type of uh, testing and the same type of analytics to determine what goes where. Mm -hmm. That's where you just got to just test and look at other websites. Don't look at your competitors, but look at other websites. Like if you're an e-commerce website, spy on Amazon, spy on Target, spy on Walmart, spy on big corporate brands that are spending millions of dollars on the website. Don't spy on your competitors that might be only spending a few thousand dollars because just because of your competitors doesn't mean they have a better website. 
if you're going for e-commerce, look at those big, big corporate websites. If you're doing service-based businesses, look at like service-based businesses, websites like Yelp or TripAdvisor, things like that, how they lay it out, how they structure it, because they're testing all day long and putting millions of dollars into it where competitors might be testing, but they're not probably putting millions. I mean, some of them might, but most of them probably aren't going to be spending that much. So looking at the big, big corporate sites and not just looking at your competitors, because just because your competition is doing something doesn't mean it's right. It's right. just what they think is right. But the big, big corporate websites, they are 100% testing all day long. I mean, most of them are, hopefully, for the most part. I know like Amazon is testing every single day. Like if we all, if anyone goes to Amazon, we're all going to serve a different version of Amazon. Oh, that's interesting to know. Now, when you're talking about the different version of Amazon, is that just the different content that you see, the different products that you see, or is it actually a different layout? No, they just might change the pixel color from, or move the, the add to cart button up a little bit, like a pixel up. So it's not anything major that we noticed, but... They're just testing because there is no perfect website. It's interesting that the big websites are testing, uh, continuing to test and changing the way that their, their user experience. I mean, you don't really want to copy them, but you do want to take advantage of the stuff that they know because you want to have that look and feel that's uniquely yours. But at the same time, you want to do what works in the fact that you want your layout to be a certain way and you want people to, you know, they're going to expect that there's going to be a buy now button and they're going to expect that this is where the cart, you know, the cart, icon is up in the upper right-hand corner and your profile pictures in the upper right-hand corner. How important is it that you stay within the structure of what people expect things to be where they are? I don't want to go too crazy. Like some people try new big changes and if it's too big or too big of a change, like the hamburger menu on mobile devices are finally starting to pick up. But if you did it like five years ago, a lot of people might not know what that little hamburger button menu was. So not making any big drastic changes, but also testing, like making those changes and seeing, is it working? Is my conversion rate increasing? All right, great. If not, is it if it's dropping, then let me revert these changes because you never know what's going to work or what's not going to work until you, until you test it out. So I would play around and test it out, see if it works. If it does, keep going with it. If it's not working, stop and revert that change back. When you're designing a website, do you like to, I mean, should a company start with a template or should they really go and start from scratch? No, it doesn't even matter. I mean, if you're doing WordPress, you could use a template from ThemeForest something like that, where it's $60, $80. And those are really high quality professional templates. So if you're doing it from scratch, you're just paying someone to do what ThemeForest or these other websites have already done for you. So it's a lot easier to take a template theme and just customize it yourself versus trying to start from scratch. But it's up to you. If you have the budget, you can start from scratch, but it's going to cost a lot more. It's going to take a lot more time when almost every website's already been built out there for a fraction of that cost. It's interesting to see how website design has, has changed. How long have you been doing website design? I don't build websites. That's one thing I try to stay far away from because you're trying to build a website for somebody, there is no perfect website and they're always going to be asking for changes and it becomes tricky. So when you're doing SEO, what are you working with the team? Of, are you working with the team in order to let the um, web developers know what needs to be changed? No, I'll go in and make those changes myself into the coding. I'll go in and make all those changes, but building a website is different than making changes for SEO. Making changes for SEO is just like a title tag or meta description, schema, all tags, header tags, site maps, kind of more technical stuff, but it's not building the website. That's a whole different skill set. So your customer comes, they have a website, you get into the back. How often do you have to reconstruct uh, things like the, the link structure of a website? You go in and the menu's a mess, or it doesn't make sense because there's too many pages that are orphan pages, or like how often are you having to really go, okay, we really, really need to start restructure this? You pretty much have to restructure any website for the most part, unless it's been built out properly, but site hierarchy and structure is really, really important to Google. The way it's laid out is very important. So that's one thing that is, takes a lot of time, figuring out the structure, the hierarchy, and making sure it's all implemented properly on the website. And if not, going in and 
fixing that URL structure and the hierarchy to make sure it is easy for Google to crawl and understand and know what these pages are that you're targeting for the what keywords. Now, my, my listeners are probably like, whoa, this is a lot of information, lots going on. And a lot of my listeners are, are more, you know, solopreneurs, small business owners, coaches that are kind of trying to navigate things on their own at the moment. Um, you know, they may not have that budget to hire an SEO person uh, directly. What one, one or two or three things should they be making sure that their site has in order to get a little bit of traction? Making sure they have good content on every single page on their website. Making sure they have backlinks. That is the most important because without backlinks, none of that stuff really matters. So getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google is going to give to you and the higher they're going to make you. That really is the most important thing with SEO. But everything is important. But without backlinks, it's really tough to get any traction on Google, unfortunately. Okay. So they create their website. They put on a lot of content. What is good content? Because we always say, you know, you got to have good content. What is good content? More content than your competitors and making sure it's relevant and making sure that it's not necessarily longer just to make it longer, but making sure that, that it fits the answer so much as asking what is five plus five. You don't need to write a 200 or 400 word article about that, but if someone's asking you something more in depth then you want to write more content than your competitors have and make sure it's well written, well structured, interlinking the pages together, having header tags, having good keywords in the content, having schema or FAQ questions into the content, making sure you have a good title for that page, making sure that it all just aligns and it's all relevant. And then having other supporting pages to build that credibility to that existing page with like blog posts on other pages that link to that existing content piece. So those internal links are also really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got, a, we've got a website. We have created good content. We have created uh, internal links to help Google understand what each page is specifically about. Now we go out into the external world to get those backlinks because can we just you know, have this site that we've created and then just expect people are going to find it and backlink to it? No, it happens, but you should have to build some backlinks if you want to really get rankings. People will naturally link to you. That's what Google wants. You have to also give a little push. So you really have to go out and find those backlinks and get people to your site in order to encourage them to um, backlink to your site. What is the first thing that a company or a social or a professional or a small business owner needs to know about going out and finding backlinks? It's all about quality, not quantity. So make sure that you build good quality backlinks and just don't try to get backlinks to get backlinks, but get backlinks that are actually going to help out. So in the past, there's just the more backlinks you had, the higher you ranked in Google. Now it's for the quality of the backlinks, not the quantity. Make sure you get good quality sites to link out to you. And a good quality site to Google is a site that's relevant and authoritative. Those are the two things that Google's really looking for when they're looking at sites that link to you. Is whether or not it, it's an authority, it is an authority um, about the same topic that you write about? Oh, relevancy is really the more important aspect. Making sure it's related to you. That is really number one. What is the difference between a topic cluster and just going after the key, looking at the keywords? Would I only want to reach out to other sites that talk about the keywords that I'm using, or do I want to, you know, reach out to other sites that talk about marketing and digital marketing and brand storytelling and all that kind of stuff? Well, you want sites that are related to what you're doing. If I'm doing SEO, I'm never going to get another SEO company to link out to me. So I'm finding companies that are related to what I'm doing. And that's somewhat related. That's what matters to Google. It doesn't have to be an SEO company just because I do SEO. That's never going to happen. If I can find someone that does radio advertising, that's good enough. It's related to what I'm doing. So, and then somewhat related, like business, entrepreneurial, marketing, traditional marketing. It doesn't even have to be about marketing. It just be about businesses. It could be about, and then it's somewhat related to what you're doing. That's what matters. It's not trying to get 
other companies that are doing what you're doing because that's usually not going to happen. I mean, sometimes it might be easy. Like if you're a dentist, you reach out to other dentists in other states, you're not direct competitors, but even then, I mean, then we're really going to get back to you. So finding other sites that are related to health, wellness, that's really what matters for the dentist is just, and it's somewhat related. It doesn't have to be exactly what you're doing, but just the more related, the better, but it doesn't have to be exactly what you're doing because it's not likely that the competition is going to give you a back one because they don't want to help you out. You're, you're talking a lot about reaching out to these um, websites and asking for a backlink. What motivates, what is the benefit of a website to backlink to your website? Um, so you got to give them a reason to give them a backlink. Either you're doing a press release, you're writing an article, you're doing a blog post, you're sponsoring an event that they're doing, but there has to be some reason that they're giving you a backlink. You can't just ask someone for a backlink. They're not going to give you a backlink. You got to give some incentive, give something to entice them to want to link out to you. Either you write good content on your website that entices them to want to link out to you or whatever it may be, but you got to have something. Otherwise, if you're just asking, it's not really going to work. Yeah, it's getting hard, harder to get those backlinks. You know, it's going to be something a little bit more unique that there's a benefit that their visitors are going to want to know about. Now, there's different types of websites that create content with the purpose of driving traffic to other sites like Forbes and Huffington Post and Thrive Global and uh, Entrepreneur Inc. How hard is it to get some sort of link from those sites? Um, the bigger the site, the tougher it's going to be. You could still reach out to them and try to figure out like if your competitors are getting a backlink from those sites, try to figure out what page they're getting a backlink from, who wrote the article and reach out to that author. Just figure out what got them to link out to your competitor and how you, they can link out to you. But it's all just about getting creative to try to figure out what's working, what's not, not working for your competition and how you get those same similar types of backlinks. Because I would imagine that it's extremely time consuming to go out and find those really good backlinks. Yeah, SEO takes time. It's not immediate, unfortunately. So you put the time in and you get rewarded with the results, but it does take time. So if I'm a business owner and I am trying to get more traffic to my website, which, so I'm going out and I'm sending these emails out to all these business or all these websites trying to figure out how I can get backlinks. And it's taking away from what I do in my day-to-day -day that gets me paid. I'm looking at this going, okay, I know I need to do it, but I don't actually get paid to do this. And it's taking away time that I make money doing. I need to hire it out. How can someone like that find your website and your contact information and know that you are the person that, that is going to help them get those backlinks and save them time so they can focus on what makes them money? So everyone that's listening, I create a special gift for them. If they go to my website, seooptimizers.com, that's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. They can find that there along with my contact information and reviews and testimonials. And you can see results that I've done for other people and okay, get all that information there as they want to reach out to me and learn more about my services. You know, listeners, if you're listening, you go over to SEO Optimizers and get that gift first off. Secondly, take a look at what his the site looks like, uh, read the testimonials and reach out to, to Brandon and ask him any questions that you may have uh, about how he can help you free up your time and still benefit from the quality of SEO. One thing I wanna make really clear listener is that your traffic that visitors that come to you through organic search are more valuable than any other traffic that comes to you from any social media or paid listing. Do you agree with that statement, Brandon? Yeah, people trust organic more than they trust paid ads. Oh, I find that when I look at my analytics, 
the people that have come to my website through Google, organic Google, they stay longer on my site, they go to more web, they go to more pages, and they don't bounce as much as if they're coming from Twitter or Facebook or a paid ad. Yeah, um, I agree. People trust the organic more than the paid ads. So this is an important thing for anyone to engage in, to ensure that they invest in and make it a priority uh, for their long-term marketing strategy. Brandon, I want to thank you so much for coming out and talking to me and my listeners today and letting them know about SEO, how important it is, the different ways that they are, the different things that they have to be aware of um, when they're building out a website, creating the content to become an authority, and then reaching out to uh, other websites in order to get those backlinks and then making sure that the site is structured for that conversion. Uh, thank you so much for spending the time with me today. Thanks for having me on today. Listener, I hope that you got a lot of, out of today's episode. I know I did. I am curious, when you're looking for information on Google, which do you find more valuable? The organic searches or the paid searches? Let me know. Go to marketappeal.com, go to contact and send me a note to let me know what you thought of today's episode, as well as your thoughts on which is more important to your branding and marketing message, AdWords or organic search results. Maybe it's social media or paid social ads. Let me know which channel works best for you. I'm always interested. And while you're on marketappeal.com, why don't you drop by the white label ebook page, which is located under book appeal to find out whether or not this ebook solution will work for you. Our ebooks are interactive and we can do a multimedia ebook as well. That's right. Market Appeal publishes the next step in innovation when it comes to ebooks to make you stand out from your competition and provide your audience with something of value that they can learn and apply to their lives. Well, listener, until next time, peel out. <laughs>